If you have a Bible, turn with us to Mark chapter 2. Um, it's interesting we're in this particular spot. Mark chapter 2, verse 23. And it says here, and we'll read down to the end of this chapter. Now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, "Look, why do they do what not is what is why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath?" <laughs> but he said to them, "Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry? He and those with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests." And also gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Now, Mark gives us a snapshot unlike Matthew. When we read through this in Matthew, Matthew gave us, you know, more details in Matthew 12. And he just goes in real deep details about, you know, a lot more things. And he even tags in there Hosea 6.6 6, that God desired mercy and not sacrifice, you know. And, but Mark is like a, a photographer. You know, when you read the book of Mark, always remember, you know, it's only 16 chapters, about 678 verses. But when you read it, he, he sort of, you know, he, he zeroes in in things and then he says, you know, straightway and immediately. You'll see those words through the Gospel of Mark, more than likely writing to an audience that's Roman audience, you know, in a sense. And he's writing about Christ being, you know, the, the servant, you know, you know, when he says the Son of Man has come to serve, you know, not to be served, but to give his life a ransom for many. And so when Mark writes his gospel, it's different in all the other go of the gospels. Most scholars, you know, they believe that his gospel were more than likely narrated by Peter. So Peter writes to John Mark, you know, or he tells John Mark what's, what to write. And John Mark writes it down, you know, because Peter calls him, you know, John Mark, my son, you know, in First Peter 5.13, he's called my son, who was in Babylon, which was, I'm sure, a pseudo name or a code name for Rome. But it's interesting as you read through and you start saying, well, Matthew says a lot more about the Sabbath stuff. Well, Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience. He's writing to a Jewish audience. You know, because remember last week when you look at verse 21, it says, Jesus was speaking, no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment or else the new piece pulls away from the old and, tear, and, the, and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into a wineskins or else the new wine bursts the, the wineskins and the wine is spilled and the wineskins wine are ruined. But new wine must, must be put into new wineskins. The, the new wine and the wineskins were both were just as important in the mind of God. And here Jesus was ushering in something new. So they had a lot of rigid Sabbath laws that would almost make you say, well, what can you do? Can you even look up in the sky on the Sabbath? They had so many laws. I went through reading some of this stuff. At, I was like nauseated after I got done. I said, wow, 
Imagine living like this now. Thank God for grace. Amen? You know, because when it says, now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, there's so much written about the Sabbath and how it should be practiced. There were 39 categories of Sabbath work prohibited by the law. Look, carrying was one of the categories. You know, they had 39 categories. I'm going to read the 39 categories real fast, you know, so y'all can see I'm not a weirdo. One was carrying. One was burning. But these are just the topics, and they had stuff under it that you couldn't do. Extinguishing, finishing, writing, erasing, cooking, washing, sewing, tearing, knotting, you know, Untying, shaping, plowing, planting, reaping, harvesting, threshing, windnowing, selecting, sifting, you know, grinding, kneading, you know, combining, spinning, dyeing, chain snatching, warping, weaving, unraveling, building, demolition, trapping, sharing, like sharing sheep, slaughtering, skinning, tanning, smoothing, and making. They had all these different categories. Removing hair, wool, or feathers from a living creature was prohibiting. Also, this included things of cutting hair, shaving and cutting your fingernails. Eyebrow plucking is also forbidden on the Sabbath. Isn't that something? Swatting a fly mosquito is also included. You know, <laughs> spitting on clay or ground. And if you hurl it and it became like mud, that was considered work. You could, a deadly snake or wasp, which posed danger to human life, you could kill on the Sabbath. You could do that. But it was all type of rigid rules. Look, the school of Shimei forbade to make any mixture on the Sabbath the ingredients of which may have not been wholly dissolved or and assimilated before the Sabbath. So if you made something, it had to be mixed in already to go before the Sabbath. If not, it was forbidden. The Sabbath law was declared to apply even to lifeless objects, like, like again, like you couldn't dye wool or clothes, you couldn't wear a certain kind of wooden shoes on the Sabbath. Women were forbidden to look in the mirror because they might discover white hair or something and attempt to pull it out. You couldn't look in the mirror. You may say, oh, look at this here. Who in the world would check to find out if you did it anyway? Some of the things that were forbidden. You know, you couldn't labor. Of course, we know that. You couldn't wear phylacteries nor um, 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 amulets. You know, you couldn't do a lot of things on the Sabbath. You know, you couldn't plaster. You you couldn't. It's just you couldn't walk a certain distance. You couldn't. You couldn't do anything. And you couldn't do healing on the Sabbath. You couldn't heal nobody on the Sabbath. Why would you heal somebody on the Sabbath? Because remember when God told Moses, He says, "Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy." It was a holy day. It was part of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. It says, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. It was a holy day, but it wasn't a day that made you almost hate life. It wasn't meant to be a day where you say, I can't stand, can't stand, can't take no more. You know, Deuteronomy 5.12, Nehemiah, you know, 
chapter um, 9, um, verse 14, they say, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. It was supposed to be a holy day. It was supposed to be a day of rest, but the rest was in the Lord. It wasn't a, a, a day where you kind of like, oh man, I can't believe this day is coming. I don't like the Sabbath because every time the Sabbath comes up, I can't do nothing. And if you forget something, oh God forbid that you forget something that shouldn't be in a certain place. And you left it there and you had to go back. You couldn't walk a certain distance to get it. Remember that man was stoned for walking a certain distance in the book of Numbers? And you couldn't do certain things on the Sabbath, you know, and you couldn't soak your shoes in the Oriole. You couldn't, I mean, I, I couldn't believe. Some of the stuff I was reading, I started getting a headache. I'm not lying. I said, wow. And so they were going and went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. I'm sure this drove the religious people crazy. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain and the Pharisees said to him, they must have been followed. Imagine you going through a grain field, somebody walking behind you like this, like with a, you know, like a, some type of telescope. Look at them, there they go. They, oh my God, look what they're doing on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why do you do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? You are not allowed to carry grain on the Sabbath you couldn't eat an egg that was laid on the Sabbath. If your chicken laid an egg on the Sabbath, couldn't eat it. It doesn't matter how hungry you was. You could have been starving. If the chicken got, or hen rather, you know, hen laid eggs, not roosters, but a-cock-a-bock-a-doo-doo, you know, and the, and the egg comes out, and then you're looking at it and say, man, I'm going to have me some eggs that I'm starving. You couldn't eat it on the Sabbath. Jesus would heal a man on the Sabbath. We'll look at that next week, which we looked at that on Mother's Day, I remember. But without touching him. He would heal a man on the Sabbath without touching him. Because they wanted to kill him on the Sabbath for healing a man, but they couldn't kill him because he didn't touch the man on the Sabbath. He just told the man to stretch out your hand, and his hand was made whole as the other. His right hand was withered, the withered hand man. He lays out his hand on the Sabbath, and, and, and Jesus heals him, and, and they were furious. They wanted to kill him on the Sabbath, yet it was wrong for him to heal a man on the Sabbath. How hypocritical. Religious people. Because religious people said, make it harder, put a little more on them, make it work, make it work, man, make you work. You know, you know they, the world system is almost like that. Make you work harder, get harder, work harder. And, and, and here Jesus says, that, and the Pharisees said to him, why, look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? These religious leaders wanted to keep all the rules when they benefited them. They kept the rules, but when they benefited from the rules. You ever see people like that? They say, you need to be reading your Bible, man. You need to be reading your Bible. They don't never read their Bible. They just know enough verses to sell you stuff that you need to read. Man, you need to be praying more. You need to be praying. Never come to prayer meeting. Never even walk through the meeting. Sunday night's prayer, you know. Why would I come to prayer on a Sunday night? And But you can tell someone, you need to be praying. That's why a lot of people can't be discipled by certain people, because if you're telling people to do stuff that you're not even willing to do, how in the world do you expect them to learn from you? Is it impossible? 
Jesus is not breaking the law of Moses. He's trampling over their rabbinic traditions of that day. He's not, he came to fulfill the law. He said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. You know, the law was good. It wasn't nothing wrong with the law. The law was a tutor. It was a schoolmaster, a pedagogue. It taught us what we were and what we weren't. You know, the law was like you had ketchup on your shirt. You looked in the mirror. The mirror didn't clean your shirt. It just showed you had ketchup on your shirt. And the law was like a picture showing us like we were sinners and we needed a savior. That's what the law did. The law wasn't wrong. They started adding other things in to make life miserable. Some of you say, why is not men in the church? Why men don't come to church? And this church always had more men than women, you know. Well, one of the reasons why, because there's too many rules, too many levies. Man, I would come, but I don't have no tie. I wouldn't come. What? Well, you go to that church, everybody got on ties. You better wear a tie. If you wear, God forbid if you wore shorts in this church, man, oh my God, that's blasphemy. I'm like, are you kidding me? I wouldn't care how somebody came to church as long as they had clothes on. We had people come with hair like this, you know, tat. So if that person was tatted all up, did you see it? So what? What that got to do with anything? That's just flesh. That man had 20 earrings in his ear. So what? The Pharisees made a standard that they wanted to make people live by, but it went beyond the word of God, so no longer was it effective. This is why it's so important for us to know God's word. Look, if you're a father here today, and you're just worn down by everything, look, the Bible says, you know, no other writer writes it but Matthew. He says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Not another yoke, but I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Not more rules. The world is always trying and is already weighing us down with this yoke of its system and its expectations. Listen up, men, fathers, you here today. We should work, but not to the extent where we're no longer serving the Lord. Men should work hard. It's part of the curse. You should work. You go to your death, you know, working, doing something. But not in a sense where no longer do you find that rest in the Lord. There should be a rest in the Lord. And they trying to tell Jesus who is the Lord, they don't even know who they're talking to. They don't know who they are really talking to. The Pharisees do not know who they're really talking to when they said to him, look, why do they do what is not as lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, notice what he says. But he said to them, have you never read? This is a saying of that day when the scribes was, you know, when they were ready to go into a debate, they would use this phrase, have you never read? There's only three times in the New Testament. Usually it says, have you not read? Here it says, have you never read? It's here in this verse, and in Matthew 21, verse um, 16, in Matthew 21, verse 42, when he says, have you never read what David did? Notice, when he was, two key words, in need, one, and hungry. You know, having need, 
Having need takes precedence over ceremonial laws and rules that bind us because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Have you ever, you, have you never read what David did when he was hungry? When he was in need, he was hungry. He and those with him, and, and look, the guys with him, I'm sure they probably saying, Dave, come on, Dave, Dave. They, they were with them. How he, meaning David, went into the house of God. In the days of Abiathar, the priest, you know, Ahimelech, the priest, it says in 1 Samuel 21, you know, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests, and also gave some to those who were with him. He was hungry. You hungry and it's the Sabbath. You walking by the temple because they would have 12 loaves of bread to represent God's provision for the nation of Israel. It would be 12 loaves and it would be the showbread. You know, they would bake it fresh and they would eat it. The priests were only the ones to eat it. Those who were of Levi, they could eat it. You know, they could eat this bread. David was from the tribe of Judah. He was not a Levite. David walks by him and him and his men. They saw it on a run from Saul and he's hungry. And he looks in there, and there's nothing else to eat in the whole world, to David anyway. And he sees this showbread, and it's on the Sabbath. And what does he do? Eat it. What would you do? Would you say, oh, I can't eat, you know, it's a and this, look, this wasn't a, a, a spiritual fast by David. They were hungry. And in need. Jesus is saying need and hunger. Forget your rabbinical rules. Need and hunger is greater than all those categories y'all came up with. That's nice. And it may have some good light in some sense. It wasn't totally all bad. But look at a person. Is a person more important than the rules? And as Christians, sometimes is a person to us more important than the rules and then when they fall short and when they mess up, when their life is apart. Look, is a person more important than the works they do and this and that? The person is more important. We should all know that. You're more important to God than what you do for God. God loves the worker more than he loves the work that the worker does. And here he says that he was hungry and he ate the showbread. The showbread, it was called the holy bread. It was called the holy bread. They call it the holy bread. They ate the showbread. Jesus, I'm the bread of life for real. I'm the substance of life, really. You know that. And matter of fact, you remember, in, in, um, it's interesting that in um, Exodus, when God gave them um, manna from heaven, Six days they received manna, and on the sixth day they got a double portion, but on the Sabbath they didn't get any manna, and God provided for them. They couldn't leave it left over, you know, became the worms would eat it and so forth. And when you read the Bible, it's interesting when Christ, I am the bread of life. And when you read Psalm 78, verse 25, he says, no, 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 it was like angel's food coming from heaven. I love that verse. So I used to love angel's food cake, you know. Nice fluffy cake to put the strawberries and cut it, put some whipped cream, you got the strawberries, and you got some good cake. None of y'all never ate angel's food cake, but I'm an angel. That's, no, I don't, no, no. <laughs> but it's interesting, David was hungry, and it says, and, and Jesus, which is not lawful. 
Look, the priests had to do work on the Sabbath. They had to work on the Sabbath. They had to do things on the Sabbath, too. Numbers chapter, you know, when you read the book of Numbers, they worked on the Sabbath. They did things on the Sabbath. And he said to them, notice what he says to them. I love what he says. The Sabbath was made for man, and man not for Sabbath. Because you, when you read the Bible, it's interesting. Something always happens when you read the Bible to me anyway. And you start reading the Bible, and you realize that when God created the earth, God created, you know, he created the birds of the air and, you know, and, the, and you know, the firmaments. And he created great sea creatures, every living thing that moves, which the waters abounded according to his kind. And God let the earth bring forth living creatures and cattle. And he goes on and on and on and on. And it says, but on that seventh day, he rested. So it's a problem with their theology. If they try to say that the law and the Sabbath, the way they viewed the law, was greater than who God was and greater than God's word, because they made what they believed in greater than God's word, they had a problem because the Sabbath day was 2,500 years before the law was even written. It was pre-law. The Sabbath day was pre-law. God rested on the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day was pre-law. So Jesus was there when he says, let us make the heaven and earth. I am Lord of the Sabbath because before the Sabbath was, I was. Before Abraham was, I was. Isn't that something? And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not, you know, and, and, and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath day was instituted 2,500 years before the law of Moses was written that our God rested. So we need to enter into what? Into his rest. You know what the problem is? People are way too busy today. If you add up the time you spend doing stuff, and I'm serious. If you add up the average day of the time you did stuff, and you just added up time, you say, all right, this is what I do in my day. You know, some of y'all work nine to five jobs, I understand that. Then after that, you kind of come home, you live your life, you know. If you added up your time on what you were just doing that was productive, and that was the things of Christ, versus idle time, Idle time, just, you know, idle time, not doing nothing. Most of us are way more busy than we need to be. Way more busy than we need to be. More people need to be seated, seated at, at the feet of God. Like Mary, says, like Mary chose the better part over Martha. Because Martha was busy and encumbered with working. And, and Mary chose the better part. Most people are way too busy. Most people are way too busy doing stuff. You say, well, what are you doing? Way, way too busy. And you know why? Because busy makes us look like we're doing something. I remember this missionary spoke at our church years ago. He says, look, busy could mean being under Satan's yoke. I like that acronym, busy. Just constantly doing stuff, constantly doing. We need to enter into his rest. 
The Lord is the rest. You know, people are anxious. The Bible says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Making your request known unto God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. The peace is irony in the Greek. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And people are anxious all the time. You see people are anxious. Oh, God, this is going to happen tomorrow. This is cast all your care on the Lord because he cares for you. I don't want to cast nothing on him. I'm going to worry about this. Oh, man, I'm going to work till I can work no more. And then when it comes to have time with the Lord, you don't have time for the Lord. Because you're too busy. Busy, busy, busy. You could be so busy. Doing the things of God and not even meet the God of the things. You could be so busy doing church stuff and not even have communion with God. Do you know that? There are people in church, right in this church, they love the Lord, they're busy. But if you say, well, how much time do you get a chance to spend with the Lord? If you spend an hour of the day with the Lord or two hours with the Lord, well, why would I want to do that? I'm busy. I got stuff to do. We can be so busy that we never find that rest. Rest in the Lord. There's a rest in the Lord. And most people say, well, I don't, I don't. No, no, there's a Sabbath for all of us. And there's a rest in the Lord. And I realized over years and years of being in ministry now, you know, I didn't want to be so busy that I don't like to work no more. You know, you could be so busy. I see some guys, that's why pastors, they be quitting left and right because they get so busy. And the people, all the demands and all the stuff, they, I'm out of here, can't take no more. You know, I'm done. The people say, well, hey, you know, how are you doing, pastor? Gone. I say, really? Yeah, I'm out of here. And they use that real nice, sweet language. The Lord called us somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, he really called us. You know, me and my family moved us on. You know, they, they said, people are driving us crazy. You know, it says seven people in a church make a pastor resign. Only seven people makes a pastor resign. Seven. And you could be serving and you could be with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I am the Lord of rest. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I am the one that, look, I am the one that came that you would have peace. Look, the peace of God. Look, God, Christ himself is our peace in Ephesians 2.14. God is our peace. And we kind of like lose everything. People used to well, hold up. We used to be always kind of on edge. You'd be like, hold up, whoa, hold up, wait a minute. You know that song. And he said, where's your, what time are you spending with the Lord? How's your devotional life? Do you wake up in the morning? What do you do when you wake up in the morning? Do you just grab that phone and get on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever? Is that your first means of communication in the morning? Is it the, the phone, the, the, the some app stuff you want to look at, or, you know, you know, is this some news, the bad news that the world gives us? Who died next and what blew up next? And, you know, and the, you know, if you don't wake up in the morning, the first thing you seek is the word and God and prayer. 
your day will be dysfunctional. Believe it or not, it will be somewhat dysfunctional. Because the anchor holds, the anchor is found in the word of the Lord. The rest and the peace is found in the Lord. Rest in the Lord, peace. You know, those who keep their minds stayed on him will be in perfect peace because they trust in him. You know, if you live a life of constant, like, oh, you don't understand, man. I work two jobs. I got to do this, man. I'm doing this, man. They got me doing this, man. I'm man. I'm doing a lot of stuff, man. So you come to church Sunday? No, I can't make it to church, man. I can't make it to church, man. I'm, look, I'm working too many hours, man. No, no. I'm busy. And you know what happens to people? Let me tell you what happens to a lot of people. They don't know why they're irritated. And I'm going to tell you why you're irritated. Because you don't have rest in the Lord. You don't have no rest in the Lord. You don't have any rest because where he is, where he's at, and when we are entering in where he's at, there's peace. There's a sense of rest. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. I didn't really care too much about that. You know, remember when Christ was in that boat and that storm came and they tried to, they said, wake him up, wake him up, wake him up. And he's right there in the boat. He needed to wake up to stop the storm, but they didn't know any better than that. They started, wake him up. He was at the lower level of sleep on a pillar. And he wakes up and he says, peace be still. And they looked around and said, who is this that even the sea and the wind obey? And he looked at those guys and says, oh, ye little of faith. He uses the Greek word elegopistis, you little of faith, guys. People don't have rest in the Lord. We need it. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And he says, therefore, the Son of Man, and he calls himself, nobody ever called Jesus the Son of Man. Nobody. He calls himself the Son of Man. 32 times in the New King James in Matthew's Gospel, he says the Son of Man. And he says it here. It's a messianic title mentioned first in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. Daniel saw one who looks like the Son of Man. Even Nebuchadnezzar said, oh, I threw three in a fire and the fourth one looked like the Son of God. He saw another man there in the form. Uh, and he didn't know it was God, but it was God. And he, re- and he revealed himself to him in a person, Christ the pre, you know, the pre-incarnate, pre-incarnate Christ in the fire with Daddy and his buddies. I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and his buddies, rather. He says, yet he saw, you know, he says, the Son of Man, I like that, is also Lord of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is making claim of deity here. And I'm sure they smoke is coming out of their ears. He's making claim that the Son, nobody ever called him the Son of Man. He calls himself the Son of Man 65 times in the New Testament. More, most of the time in Matthew's Gospel, 32 times. But 65 times told in the New Testament, he calls himself the Son of Man. The Son of Man, Christ, incarnation, takes on human flesh, comes there. The Son of God, he's called the Son of Man. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. He's the one who can give you rest. How many of y'all looking for rest today? Look, let me tell you something. You can go on vacation and need a vacation from the vacation. Take your kids to Disney World. You'll figure that out quick. 
They got ice cream everywhere. They throwing up. You're like, get oh my God. You get home, you say, honey, we need a vacation. You just came off vacation. So we know a vacation can't give you the rest you think you really need. That rest is in the Lord. You know, there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. It says in the book of Hebrews, like, for, he is, for he who has entered into his rest has also ceased from his works as God did from his. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. It's interesting. There's rest. You're looking for rest today. It's not found in religion. It is not going to be found in religion. It's not going to be found in, oh, man, I go to that church down there and they call Calvary Chapel. Look, we was in church. This was all last week. We're in church Monday. Tuesday morning, we do a study. Wednesday, I was in church. Thursday, I was in church. Friday, I was in church. Saturday, yesterday, I did a wedding. You know, I was, you know, and the day you're in church. And tomorrow, we're in church. And the next day, you're in church, church, church. That don't give you rest. Your rest is going to be in your fellowship with Christ. That's where it's going to be found. When you see people say, I'm tired, man, of doing the work. I'm tired of it. You know why they're tired? I get tired in it, but never tired of it. Most people are tired because all their energy goes into the wrong stuff. It goes into the wrong stuff, and they say, oh, my God, I'm so tired of this. I'm busy. I, you know, I'm busy. I've been this week. They're throwing this on me, too. I'm like, I'm busy, too. You know, I'm real busy. But I know it's time to get away from all that stuff and say, Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord. You are my peace. I need you. I need you, Lord. It's none of this stuff is nice. It's nice. The people that come here, I love all y'all guys, and this is nice, but I need that peace. And so many Christians don't have peace. They don't have peace. Isn't that something? That they don't even have peace. He says, the peace that I give you, the world can't take it away from you. And most Christians don't even have peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. The third attribute of the fruit of the Spirit is, is peace. So when you don't have peace, it's a spiritual condition for the believer. Something is not, you know, working on all cylinders in regards to the Holy Spirit, and you yield to it in your life. So when you don't have peace, somewhere something is missing. And that's really deep. It sounds simple, but it's really deep. If you don't have peace, something is wrong with us. Well, you should have peace. Why you don't have peace? The Holy Spirit, his attribute is peace. Peace is always related to the word rest. They're almost like, you know, brothers or something. Peace and rest. You got rest, you got peace. You got rest, you got peace. You got peace, you got rest. And you know those people don't have peace? They don't find that Sabbath in the Lord. Not the Sabbath of all the 39 categories and this and that. You got to do this. You got to do that. If you, you do that, you're good. If you don't do that, you're dead meat. And, oh, don't you make nobody mad. If they see you carrying something on, don't you pluck your hair out. Don't you cook nothing on the Sabbath. Don't you, you know, all those rules and regulations. That didn't bring anybody peace, I guarantee you. That made you always walk, walked around with you looking over your shoulder. And I think the Holy Spirit wants to give us peace. And we got to yield to that. You don't get peace if you wake up every morning. You looking, the first thing you're looking at is bad news all the time. 
Bad news all the time. I told them Friday night, I don't look at the news. I don't like the news. It starts up. There was a shooting. And I'm like, I don't want to hear that. You know, you hear that every single day. I don't want to hear that stuff. So I want to enter into his rest. The Lord's rest. The Lord of the Sabbath. And it's the Lord. It's karyos in the Greek. Lord of the Sabbath. Karyos is the same equivalence to the Old Testament Hebrew Jehovah. So he's the Lord of rest. If you want rest, it's got to be found in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It cannot be found anywhere else. It cannot. And you can do all the things you want to do. You can be doing busy. You know, people are busy. I'm at this prayer meeting. I'm at this. I'm at that. And then they, and when one thing or on, their life go ballistic. I'm telling you, it's not found in any of that. That's part of it. The where it's found in is your communion, your relationship with Jesus Christ every single day. He is our peace. You have to believe that. He says, come unto me, all you labor and heavy ladies. You come unto me. You come right to me. You don't try to figure it out. We try to figure out everything. Oh, well, this happened. I need to do this. We don't need to figure it out. Lean not to what you don't understand. And all that was acknowledge him. He shall direct your paths. We should lean on him. He says, lean not to what you don't understand. You know how hard that is to not lean to what you don't understand. Do you really know how hard that is? We lean towards our own understanding all the time. How many of y'all say, I want more understanding before I make a decision? <laughs> what? The Bible says lean not towards you. Well, no, no, hold on. I need more understanding. Yes. Because don't you lean towards that? Most people, well, I'm going to lean towards it. And you know what happened? You keep leaning towards it. And before you know it, all the peace that you could have had. God says, you want to do it your way? You got it. But you won't have peace. You want to enter into my rest. And he is the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm making claim. I am deity. And since he's the Lord of the Sabbath, he can do whatever he wants to do on the Sabbath. If he wanted to pluck the grains of corn, whatever he wanted to do from the field on the Sabbath, my boys are with me. They're not guilty, and I'm not neither. you imagine the disciples behind Jesus, like when Jesus was telling the Pharisees that? Now, yeah, that's right. We with Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, because they knew where their rest was. It was right being with Jesus. And look, if you're a father here today, and look, and you work all the time, you say, I'm a father, man. I got to take care of my family. You should take care of your family. That's a good thing. Man on work shouldn't eat. But not at the extent where you're losing your rest in the Lord. Not to that extent. Not to the extent where you're losing your bearings, where you're short with your wife. You say one thing to you, you know, you get home from work. What? What you want? You're calling me again. You know, you're married. Let me tell you something about marriage. Marriage will test you. Because if you're not spending that time with the Lord the right way, you'll be angry every single day about something. You with somebody in close proximity, you might not say it all the time, but somebody could rub you the wrong way. And men, they go flipping out. That's why the Bible says, don't, husbands, don't be bitter towards your wives. And, and you know, in um, Colossians chapter 3, don't be bitter. 
And, and, and you start, some of you, somebody asks you two questions, three questions, you had a bad day. Or if your basketball team lost, you know how men get, they go crazy. You know, you say, honey, can you help me with the, you know, with the laundry now? I need to carry this back. What do you want? They're not yelling at you. They're just saying my team lost and I'm mad. You're just a recipient of it. <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes you can just lose everything because you've got all of your energy in the wrong stuff. You better find a time as a man, as a father, to find that place of rest. Find that place of brokenness before the Lord. I say, Lord, if you don't do it, I can. If you don't do this, Lord, I can't do it. I can't do it. You're taking me to a place by myself to enter into a rest, a place where me and you are, Lord. And in that place, you know what happens? You start realizing who he is. When you start learning who he is, you start loving people more. You start humbling yourselves under the mighty hand of God when you start knowing who he is. You start saying, honey, I can't admit this, but you're really right. Honey, I'm really angry, but you are right. When you rest in the Lord, you treat people different. And you stop being so selfish and self-centered. And it becomes about God's people and other people. That's what happens when you rest in the Lord. You start having a deep love for people. Not all the rules. They didn't do this. Oh, they didn't know. Did you see how they came to church? They had a little dress that was so short. I couldn't. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. I'm like, what? And she just walked in the door. Praise the Lord. Who knows what the Lord is doing in a person's heart? Amen? Let's stand up as we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for all that you do for us. Pray, Lord, that we stay the course. And most of all, Lord, that you get glory out of our lives. Give us rest, Lord, all of us. We'd be worn down sometimes. And sometimes we don't find that rest because we're so busy doing stuff, Lord. Some of it is prescribed by you and some of it is not. But whatever the case, Lord, let us acknowledge you, Lord, in it, Lord, in I try to lean in the wrong way, Lord. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would keep us, protect us, fill us, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We honor you. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Amen. God bless you. Listen, before.